everybody! Hello, hello, hello! Welcome, welcome, welcome! Hello, hello, welcome! I'm glad you could join me. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those that are Mountain Challenge. Thanks for spending a bit of your Wednesday evening with us. We're going to give you the shipping report, tell you how shipping went this week. We're going to talk about some upcoming live streams, which are pretty awesome. And we'll get to your questions and comments. That is the docket for the day. So let's start as we always do with the shipping report. I am proud to announce that it is getting better and better. Even though we're in winter weather, we're, we're doing pretty good. So we are now up to 98.96% success rate for the year. We, as far as I know, since last Wednesday, so I, I do this for a week at a time. So since last Wednesday, which we didn't have a stream because, you know, Thanksgiving, but uh, we've only lost two fish. One arrived DOA, one died a little later. They were both rummy nose rasbora, not rasboras. I think they were rummy nose tetras. Yeah, pretty sure they were rummy nose tetras. So I apologize to that customer, but um, two for an entire, for all the fish we've shipped out is statistically very good. That's a very low percentage of loss. So for the entire year, we're getting better and better. Our goal is to be 99% plus successful, and we are currently at 98.96%. So <laughs> four hundredths of a percent to go, and we'll be up to our goal, which is awesome. Um, I do wanna bring to everyone's attention the tank behind me. I know it's cloudy. I just, a, a couple hours ago, put these uh, Therichthys macolopinus in there. Uh, macolopinus and Eliode are the same species, but I'm keeping these labeled as macolopinus because um, I'm keeping the group I bought as macolopinus labeled that way and the group I, lab I bought as Eliodei labeled that way because they're different strains. And even though they're the same species, I don't want to mix them. There might be enough variation in the different locations and the different strains to merit them being kept apart. So I'm, I'm, I'm just naming them what they were sold to me as, just for that distinction. So anyway, I put them in there a couple hours ago, and they immediately started sifting through the sand. So they're stirring up all the sand. In a couple days, it'll be crystal clear. They'll have uh, cleared all that out, and it'll all be gone. But that's why I put that little uh, box filter in there with some filter floss to start uh, as they stir the stuff up that'll suck it out of the water column and then it'll be crystal clear but for tonight it's going to be pretty cloudy but once it clears up there it's going to be awesome I, I put these here because they're colored down a little bit since I just moved them but they're very pretty fish and I, they're, they're one of the fire mouse species we hardly ever see so I thought it was worth uh, featuring them so next week they should look really nice in a really nice crystal clear uh, aquarium but it's going to take a little work to get it there just because they sift so much um, let's get to the giveaway the giveaway tonight is something I'm very excited about killifish are my favorite of all the groups of fish they're what I started with so there's a little nostalgia there and they're just amazing their colors, their, their finnage the reproductive strategies. Sorry, my camera's not doing what I want to do. Everything about them I find fascinating. There we go. And so I'm excited about today's giveaway. 
It's for one of the neatest killifish out there. It's Nathalebius zonatus. These are from uh, Colombia. In Colombia, this species lives along the Meta River. It doesn't live in the river itself, but it lives in uh, flooded pools and ponds along the sides of the river that flood during the wet season and dry out during the dry season. The water is really turbid. It's full of clay. The substrate of the, these ponds and ditches where they live are full of clay. And so the water itself is, you can't see through it. It's very murky, which is why they've had to develop these and Nothobronchius and other annual killifish have developed these amazing colors and long finage and stuff so that the females can locate the males even though the water is super murky. Lots of neat annual killifish have developed these amazing colors. A lot of the non-annual killifish have as well because they live in shaded areas. So even if they live in a stream that doesn't dry up, they still have trouble finding each other to breed because uh, it's so dark. They're, they're covered with forest, these streams. So the males have also developed bright colors in those situations. These are not a small killifish. They get larger than most. They're gonna get a little over four inches. Now a lot of that is tail. The tail's very long, but they're a large, robust killifish. They're easy to take care of. Ours eat pellets and flakes and algae wafers, along with frozen foods and live foods. Basically, if you can feed it to them, they'll eat it without a problem. So they're not gonna be difficult to keep. They are all males. I brought in a large shipment from Colombia. Very excited to breed them and distribute them so they can be bred and uh, we only got males. <laughs> so. For those that are true killing nerds and want to breed fish, sorry, that can't happen, but they look spectacular. So I thought they'd make a good giveaway because even though we can't breed them, they're going to look amazing in someone's aquarium. They're going to be just fabulous. Fabulous! So that's what our giveaway is for tonight. If you would like to be entered to win, uh, hopefully I've been showing them most of this time and just switch back to myself. Um, if you'd like to be entered to win them, then hashtag killifish. That's hashtag K-I-L-L-I-F-I-S-H. If you enter that in the chat, you'll automatically be entered to win. And later tonight, we will draw the winner. We'll send you a, a nice group of these. Hashtag K-I-L-L-I-F-I-S-H. So sorry to the killy purists there. I don't have any females. Not by choice. They just didn't send me any. And then later tonight at the end of the stream at 8.30, um, I'm quickly, I'll throw a link in there right now. Brenda, my wife, is uh, going to be doing another song. And uh, so it's only a few minutes long. So it won't take too much time or, you know, keep people from going to the other streams that are after and stuff. But I'll be heading here at 8.30 to listen to my wife sing. And if you want to join me, you are invited. So that is the giveaway. Easy to care for fish. Now, the one thing with killifish you need to always be aware of is they jump. So if you have a tank that doesn't have a lid, this could be a problem. <laughs> you could make fish and chips pretty easy because they'll jump out and turn into dried up chips by the morning. So. Uh, that's the one warning about the species. Other than that, they're, they're eating everything. They're pretty easy to take care of. All right. 
And I think it's an unusual giveaway too. I don't think this is a fish you're gonna find many places. So hopefully it'll make somebody very, very happy. We have 198 folks here. Thanks for being with us, folks. Thanks for joining us tonight. Pleasure to see you. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment, as soon as I said that, it dropped to 197. <laughs> it never fails. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment to share this out to all your ex-lovers, we can get more people in here and uh, make the chat quite exciting. All right. I have missed some stuff here. It's so funny how this works or doesn't work. So I see here that there's been some super chats given, but here on viewer activity, where it's supposed to show me the super chats, it says there aren't any, <laughs> which is just a bold faced lie. So I don't know, I don't run YouTube. I just try to use it occasionally. Other exciting news is we now have some merch. So, well, let's see here. What's the easiest way to do this? Probably just go like this. So here's one of the shirts we have. The Dan's Fish shirt. And we have sweatshirts and a beach towel and a bunch of other stuff. We've also got our hat here with the uh, logo. Now, I don't wear a hat during live streams because my light is really high. And so it shadows my face a lot if I wear a hat during a live stream or a video. I can't really film. It shades my eyes. But uh, I'm wearing it just for a sec so you can see it. Nice embroidered hat. So if you want some merch, um, it's available. You can find it uh, if you just go to my YouTube channel and click on store. It's You can see where to get it there. Now, if you are a member, let's see here. I'll share this. Then you have access to some other cool stuff that the regular folks don't have access to. Such as, let me just bring up a couple of examples. Such as these. Okay, the first one, let's see, that's very small. How do we, whoops. Got to grab a corner and make this bigger. So stuff like this. Same kind of thing, but in what I'm calling the blue line. So I've created a line of blue merch that only members can get. And it's quite severely discounted. So we, we are just, we're not making any money on the members merch. We're kind of trying to do it as a perk of being a member. So if you're a member, you can announce it proudly by wearing the blue line, and you'll get it for quite a bit less than the regular stuff. Uh, we're trying to just pretty much break even on that so that uh, we can thank our members instead of trying to wring more money out of them, basically. Your membership is enough. Your membership is most appreciated. Oh, speaking of memberships, Alexander Engelhart has just gifted 50 of them. Wow, Alexander, thank you so much. Good to see you, my friend. I hope you're doing well, and that is much appreciated. I really appreciate that. Memberships are the gift that keeps giving. So when Alexander does this, it gets a new group of members in the flow of that, and a portion of them will decide to remain members at the end of the month and join up. And it, for us as a business, it's a recurring revenue stream, and that's helpful. We're a little startup company on a mission to change the world, and at this startup phase, every little bit helps. 
So thank you, Alexander. Much appreciated. The merch is going to continue. The spice will flow. So here's the plan. Every month, starting in, well, we're considering this merch the, the December release, pretty much. But every month, from December on, there'll be a new series of merch. The merch that we're releasing right now will always be available because it's our logo, right? It's the base. But in January, we'll release a new line with a different fish on it or a different thing on it. And at the end of January, it will no longer be available. It'll go away, but a new line, a new thing will come out in uh, February. So every month, there'll be a uh, limited time merch thing, limited edition merch item that will be released that will be unique, a, a different species of fish. Um, there's, there, we have all kinds of ideas. We already have the January line uh, designed. It is great que te bueno, and uh, I can't wait to show it to you, but I want it to be a big surprise, so I'm not gonna show it to you until January. So that's, that's kind of what I, I think would be a fun way to do it, is have a different thing come every month. So that's the plan. We'll see how it goes, but I'm gonna like it. Fish Fam Wink, love the new color logo merch. Hey, thanks, yeah, we like it too. We like it a lot. And merch is something I've been wanting to do for a while. We've been prepped to do for a while, but there's been so many other things on our plate that we have not uh, been able to tackle it. But we're now working with a designer, uh, a member of the Fish Fam, and uh, very excited to be working with her. And uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna all come together. So yeah, we're excited. All right, let's see here. Someone else, oh shoot, someone else did a super chat, but it's not showing up here. So I can't, was it Kelly Foreman? I think it was probably Kelly Foreman. So Kelly, if it was you, thank you so much. Anyone that, that joined or left a super chat earlier, I'm sorry, YouTube won't let me see it. It's just not showing up where it should. Uh, but thank you, I saw that they popped up. I, I just. They've already dissolved away from my view, so I can no longer see them. But I want to thank you anyway. Okay, so that was all that stuff. Um, there's something else that I wanted to tell you guys about. Oh shoot, what was it? You know, this is why I should write things down. It'll come to me or it won't. <laughs> Let's move. <laughs> Let's move. Oh, I want to tell you about next week's live stream. Next week we have an awesome giveaway. An anonymous donor who wishes to remain nameless um, is donating $500 of gift certificates. So next live stream we'll be giving away 500 buckaroos worth of gift certificates, which is a lot. So next week should be really fun. And then the week after that, um, the Fish Fam Santa Claus, aka Rico Stan, will be joining us briefly to talk about Fish Fam Christmas. That's a, a fundraiser, and he'll come on and, and tell you guys about that. And it's not for me, it's to do good in the community, basically. Um, and then, so people donate gifts to Fish Fam Christmas, and then Rico Stan will go on channels throughout the holiday season and give those things away. And it's a, it's a way to promote smaller channels and things. So he can go on a channel, do a giveaway from something that was donated, and uh, just, it's a fun time. So it's, I don't know, I don't want to call it, I guess fundraiser is not the right, I'll let Rico Stan tell you about it in a couple weeks. <laughs> 
Maybe it's not so much a fundraiser as a white elephant gift party, but with cool stuff, not stuff you want to throw away after the party's done. Maybe that's the way to explain it. But anyway, um, so fun stuff coming up. We also have quite a few, quite a bit more hobbyists bred and raised in the USA aquarium fish that will be arriving. We re released a tour uh, last week, I believe it was, uh, featuring the hobbyist bred and raised fish that we've gotten recently that we're selling and put a shout out if anyone else had stuff that they would be willing to sell us and a lot of people reached out. So we're moving forward with quite a bit of that and I'm excited to get more hobbyist bread and race stuff. It's the best. It's just the best. So if you're a hobbyist and you have fish that you've bred and raised and you want to sell, I'm in the market. Please contact us. Hello at dancefish.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com. The live stream next week with the $500 worth of gift certificates, the, the deal was this person said, I will do $500 worth of gift certificates for your giveaway if you wear a Santa beard and Santa hat. So we'll be doing that next live stream, but it's a little different. I, I made these myself, so I'm making my own beard, my own hat, and it's going to be, uh, let's just say it's a fish nerd's version of a Santa beard and Santa hat. Should be fun to see. Alrighty, that I think is all the announcements. That was a lot. Now, let's get to your questions and comments. Before we do, I want to thank my moderators because they're awesome and they show up week after week volunteering their time to make sure that the chat is uh, managed and the porn bots are sent away and all that stuff. So, yes. Get hotter tanks, says Alexander Engelhart. Yeah, I know. Alexander has some fish that I would love to purchase, but they require warmer temperatures than I can run on my kind of centralized system. I mean, the water isn't centralized in the sense that, like a normal sense, but it is centralized in the sense that all the water in the system is heated at once and then distributed to the tank. So I can only run the water at a single temperature how we have things now. But yeah, I hear you, Alexander. I know. Okay, let's get to your questions and comments. If you want to be part of the discussion, just put at Dan's Fish in the chat. If you do, it'll turn into these bright orange boxes, which I will see as I go down the chat, and those are the things I respond to. If you uh, try and it doesn't let you do it, sometimes if you're on, a, on certain phones and stuff, that functionality will not be, uh, will not be available then uh, if you would just call one of the mods' attention that, hey, I'm trying and I can't get Dan's attention because my thing doesn't work, then, uh, then they'll let me know and we'll try to get you taken care of. Uh, Jeff Kane also wants me to get hotter tanks. Yeah, I, I want to get hotter tanks too. In, in my dream, I have this section, which is good for you know most aquarium fish, but then I also have a warm section that I run at about 85 degrees or so discus rams, uh, you know, some of the soda cichlids, stuff that likes it really hot. And then I have another section that runs at about 65 degrees or so for gudeids and, I don't know, maybe goldfish. I've never been into goldfish, but I don't know, something to try someday. Um, but anyway, a normal, a hot, and a cold section is what I would like eventually to do. But when you run something the way I do, 
Um, eventually, we're going to be up to a million gallons a day flowing through this sucker. Um, it's difficult enough just to get to the water to one temperature, <laughs> trying to <laughs> finagle it for constant flow for more than that is going to be hard. But yeah. Okay. Well done tanks. I'm glad to hear it. Um, so well done tanks bought a spotted Congo puffer from us. And unfortunately, this doesn't happen often, but this time that box was delayed. Happy ending though, it arrived today after the delay, it arrived today and it seems to be in good shape. It was a little cold, so, uh, you know, if there's any problems, well done tanks, like, let us know. But they're pretty tough. I, I think that it's gonna be fine. Um, I'm glad to hear it arrived safely despite the cold and the delay and one thing to watch out for when puffers get cold is ick so I, I would have some medicine ready just in case I would not be surprised at all if your puffer developed ick just from the stress of being cold in the delay but um, I mean it's been very cold here like high what was the high yesterday 15 degrees something like that uh, but we insulate really well and there's heat packs and stuff, so it didn't get, you know, freezing, but it got cooler than we would like. But hopefully it, it arrived alive. Hopefully everything's going to be just fine. Um, oh, there's one other thing I would like to share with you guys. Just because this is what I live for. Okay. We had two reviews uh, recently that warmed my heart. These are my favorite little victories. This is why I do this. The, the reason Dance Fish exists is because I got tired of hearing all my friends say, yeah, I used to keep fish, but they all died, so I don't anymore. Like, that just, that, that's not right. So I wanted to find a way to run a fish business where the fish actually thrived for our customers. And there's been lots of times over the years when someone has had a fish that, that's a dream fish that they've tried all the time, they've tried over and over and they, they haven't had success. And the thing that makes me happier than anything and that the team and I find the most motivational, the most that drives us most to continue this mission is when someone's tried and tried and tried and not had success with a fish and then they get them from us and they have success. Because, not trying to sound holier than thou or anything than that, but it's because of how we source the fish and treat them um, and transport them. So that happened a couple times. This person says, I've had a difficult time with Rumino's Tetris over the years. I tried a couple couple local fish stores and tried an online store, but have only succeeded in keeping four healthy Rumino's out of easily 40 or more attempts. So this person has tried and tried. And to keep to not read the whole thing, basically, we were able to send them to them and they're doing great. So I love that. You know, it basically, it, it, it's you're part of fulfilling someone's dream. Obviously, this person has wanted these for a long time, is I'm sure daydreamed at work about them, tried and been disappointed, and then was able to get them. So that was awesome. And then here's someone who's tried panda quarries three times, could not keep them alive. Uh, we sent them some and they're doing great in spawning for them. So, I, 
not to toot our own horn, but I guess to toot our own own horn a little bit, but mainly that's what we live for. Trying to make it so people get healthy fish so they can fulfill their fishy dreams. And just those are the kinds of reviews that make me the happiest because that's the crux of what our mission is. Trying to make experiences like that possible. So, um, yeah, I was just super excited to see that that the mission's working. Uh, Every morning we have a, a, a meeting, we have a scrum, we all get together and we talk about what we're doing, why we're doing it, what can we improve, what's everyone gonna focus on that day to make it happen, does anyone need particular help? Uh, is there a, I don't know, are there a huge number of fish going out that day? So instead of making a video, I need to go help pack. You know, we, we get all that figured out. Uh, a very short little stand-up meeting. And when I get to re- share reviews like that with the team, that's what keeps us going. Ain't nobody getting rich here. We all put in very long hours um, and work very hard, but that's what makes it worth it. So um, I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun to share. All right, scrolling here. Oh, we were able to do that the other day with someone uh, with puffers as well. Ira Nelson, an enamel pin with your logo would be a cool merch idea. Yeah, it would. I, I might do a mug too. So the clothing's kind of expensive. Even like even the, the members merch, which is marked down as much as possible without absolutely having a big loss it's I have to pay the designer something and there's a little time and effort put in that has to be accounted for but beyond that is it's not profit for sure um, and the other stuff we're not making much on so even with that even a simple t-shirt is like I don't know 20 bucks <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that goes to Walmart and buys like a 10 pack of t-shirts for like 9.99 you know so that seems like a lot. So I am thinking of other things that aren't quite as expensive, uh, like an enamel pin might be good, a mug, you know, just stuff that is a little more affordable to add to the mix. So enamel pin, yeah. I'll see if uh, Teespring, that's what we're using for this right now. We'll see if Teespring has that. If not, Ira, are you someone that does enamel pins? Are you an enamel pin manufacturer? 247 folks are here. That's awesome. Thanks for being here, folks. Appreciate it. Okay, scroll in here to see the next question or comment. Oh, Fish Fam Link throwing down five bucks. Love that new color logo merch. Hey, thanks so much. I'm glad you like it. And thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But it does make my wife super happy when people throw money at us. Carmos Creations, will you be shutting down shipping for the holidays? Well, I can answer that. Let's go on a little field trip, shall we? Let's go to dancefish.com. Right here is our shipping schedule. So if you place an order after December 17th, we'll start shipping it on January 3rd. And the reason is, is right around Christmas and just after Christmas, the the carriers are slammed. FedEx, UPS, uh, USPS, they're all slammed. And so delays are very likely to happen. And live fish, cold temperatures, delays, we pack pretty well. Uh, they, they'll probably be fine, but we don't, we don't want to put them through that. So, so we just don't. So from the 17th of December through the 3rd of January, we won't, well, we start shipping again on the 3rd of January, I believe. So yeah, there's a couple weeks when 
it's just a little too dicey with how everything happens, how, how slammed the carriers get. Now you can still purchase stuff and for the first couple weeks after we resume shipping, we're not going to be doing anything else. And we'll have a full crew here and we'll all just be shipping fish. So we hope to be able to recover from any backlog within a couple weeks. So we'll have more help than normal working on that. Actually, hopefully not. Hopefully everyone buys so much stuff that we can't ship it quickly. That would be amazing. We want that problem. Please give us that problem. <laughs> That's the kind of problem I want to have to solve. <laughs> Joe Kwasniewski, tip of the cap for sending some healthy golden Congo tetras. Within two weeks, two of the young males were exhibiting courtship behavior with one of my adult females. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so glad to hear that. The Arantiakis is a beautiful, beautiful fish. We got ours from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. We have, I think, three, two or three different localities. One's Lafini River, one's, uh, one's Mokilble, Mokaible. Uh, but that might not be an Orantiacus. That might be a different species. We're not quite sure. And, uh, but I'm, I'm glad that they did well for you. We've literally been nursing that. Johnny, when did we get that order? We might, it might be three months that we've been nursing those fish to health. They, I'm so mad at that exporter. Uh, if you missed it, we put a special order in from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. We imported them directly on our own license. I was very excited. A lot of species that you just never see. But that exporter did us dirty. The fish were not in good shape. They were super emaciated. And uh, it's taken, I want to say three months. I, I don't know the exact time, but a long time to get them fat and happy. So it's nice to hear, Joe, that the work is worth it and that they're thriving for you. Mr. B, CPDs, how many drops of H2O2 per cup of water for hatching rainbow fish eggs? Can you mix H2O2 with methylene blue for added protection from fungi? I do not know if you can mix it with methylene blue. I'm positive they'll react together because they're both oxidizers. Uh, but I don't know if it would be okay to do. I don't know if it would be like mixing ammonia with bleach and create some kind of toxic gas or or what so i can't speak to that and how many drops oh man i'm gonna have to refer you to the youtube channel the video that that i did on um breeding and hatching eggs it features i think florida flagfish and there's one i think that features uh melanotania rubrovitata the red the wopoga red laser where i go into that i think also the the video on spawning, hatching, and raising albino corys, the Corydoras aeneas albinos, I think that one has it as well, where I actually incubate the eggs for the video, and you can see the whole process. But I don't remember off the top of my head because I have not had time for a couple years to really uh, pull eggs and hatch eggs like I used to do, and I just don't remember off the top of my head. Oh, you know what? I can look it up. I have a, I think I have a sheet here in my Google Drive that I could look up. Um, med dosage sheet. I think I have 
the peroxide incubation amount there. Hydrogen peroxide, two mils per gallon for an egg bath, two milliliters per gallon. Now, I can't remember if I adhered to that strictly or I use that as a starting point and then add a little more if they start to fungus, uh, just because I haven't done this in so long. I'd have to review the videos myself, but two mils per gallon is what I have on my sheet as an egg bath. Two milliliters, not mils. That's thickness of plastic. <laughs> Hope that's helpful. Um, methylene blue does a pretty darn good job too, though. So if you have that, uh, that's, that's not a bad thing at all for incubating eggs. Regina Phalanges has joined up. Thank you for joining, Regina. Much appreciated. Every member is super helpful, and we're trying to make the memberships fun. When, when we show off new fish, I'm still new to memberships, but when I remember, uh, I list those videos for the members first, so they get first dibs as far as seeing what's available, and then the merch line, and eventually we'll get it to where members have, are able to buy fish before anyone else. Well done, Tanks. Buy Johnny a drink on me. All right, Johnny. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, Johnny's been great. The whole team's great. I, I lucked out. Yeah, could, we, we could have done a lot worse. <laughs> How's that for praise? Uh, we could have done worse. You know what makes it, I don't want to say easy, but for anyone who wants to start a business or do a thing or hire people, what, what I've found in my limited experience is just be mission focused, hyper focused on your mission, have a clear mission that motivates you and then hire other people that are as motivated by the mission as you are. If they're motivated by the mission, then then you'll adhere as a team and everyone will synergize together to make the mission happen. And that becomes more important than everyone's little petty politics or uh, little irritations or personalities that don't naturally mesh as well. Because people aren't thinking of that. They're thinking of the mission and how to achieve it. And if, it's, if the mission's the true driver, it solves a lot of problems. Plus, it makes it fun to go to work. It's very rewarding when you have something you believe in uh, and, uh, and, and you're seeing it come to light and you're focused on that. There's just something nice about that. Okay, the next one I can see is Hunter McLaren. I have seen the layer of mold detritus in your tanks. I don't have a problem with mold in my own tanks, but do you have pointers for when I should start cleaning it out? So let's talk about mom, baby. So mom can be horrible, but it can also be good. There's different kinds of mom. Some mom is very what I would call bioactive. So it's like fresh fish poop, it's decaying food, it's stuff that is actively decomposing in the aquarium at, the, at a rapid rate, releasing a lot of nitrogenous waste and creating fodder for massive booms of protozoans, fungi, uh, bacteria populations, and that can be a problem. Other mulm is what I call, it's, it's not inert, it's not completely inactive, but it's very, it's pretty stable. 
This would be things like broken down plant material. Think like peat moss. You know, fine peat moss, you could think of that as a type of mold, which is actually beneficial. So I don't mind mold at all as long as it's not that really bioactive stuff in large amounts. Stuff that's broken down and is fairly inert and sits at the bottom, that's very natural for a lot of fish. When fish sift through the bottom looking for food, oftentimes it's not like pristine sand or nice aquarium gravel that's all clean. It's mulmy, muddy, silty, full of clay. Like it's that kind of stuff, really fine particulates. You look at the Amazon River. If you look at that river, you can't see one foot through that river. It is so full of silts and particulates and stuff, but most of that is inert. So it's not going to be harmful to the system. So if so that's kind of the differentiator. One is really harmful. If you get a massive bacteria population, your fish will get sick. Uh, protozoan populations, your fish will get sick. Fungal populations. All these things which in low concentrations the fish can deal with because it has an immune system. If they boom in population, they'll overpower the immune system. So that's not good. Not to even mention all the nitrogenous waste that's being, and other things that are being created. So that's that's kind of the thing. If you have a, a layer of fairly inert mold, probably not going to hurt anything. If you have a layer of decomposing, actively decomposing mold, probably want to take that out. So that would be my basic principle for that. Apart from just how do you want it to look. Some people really hate the look of mold. I don't mind it. Um, what you're seeing in this tank, the cloudiness, that's all mold. It's not bioactive stuff that much. There's some algae in there that they've stirred up from the bottom, but mostly it's, it's just fine particulates and things that have settled onto the bottom over time. And now because I put those cichlids in here, I put them in there a couple hours ago, um, they're sifting through the sand because that's what thoricthes do. And uh, that's stirring it all up into the water column. But in a, in a day or two, that'll be nice and crystal clear and all that will be removed. So that's my thoughts on that. Nathan Hubby, what temp do the tanks mostly run at? Ours run at 79. Um, if it gets really hot, maybe it's maybe some of the top tanks that are right under like a heat vent maybe get around 81. So they, they fluctuate from maybe 79 to 81, I would say. But 79 is pretty much where we keep them. And as soon as the piece of equipment we're waiting on arrives and we can uh, do the amount of flow through that we normally do in this in this system for those that have been following you know the saga but there's a piece of equipment we need in order to uh, be able to have higher water exchange than we're currently able to do once that's here then uh, then it will be 79 because that's what the system runs at and there'll be so much water exchange that the tanks won't be able to get to a different temperature because too much 79 degree water is flowing at all times 79 is what we're shooting for. It's the bottom comfortable temperature for a lot of fish that like it a little warm, and it's the top comfortable temperature for a lot of fish that like it kind of cool, and it's a great temperature for the majority of fish in the middle. So it allows us to keep a lot of different fish. Ginger coats, if you run across them, I need Sankai Koi sword tails. I'm waiting patiently. I love everything you're doing. Keep up the good work. Ginger, I do know that fish. Um, 
Is that the one? Yeah, that's the one that has some black on it, right? Well, let's all take a look. I believe I know that fish. I think it's red, white, and a black. Sonke koi swartail. Let's let's take a look here together. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically a koi swartail with some black on it. I know that fish. I like that fish a lot. Um, if I find it, I will bring it in for sure. It's one I like. Well, if I find it from a good supplier, I mean, I know where I can get some, but there's... I want to work with a certain caliber of supplier that treats their fish a certain way, so waiting for that. Fish dreams. What average temperature should Amazon puffers be kept? I have one of your puffers. We keep ours at about 79 degrees. But they wouldn't mind being all the way up to, I don't know, 85, no problem, as long as there's enough saturated oxygen. So low 80s would be just fine. And I wouldn't go much below 79. That's probably on the lower end of their threshold, 79, 78, somewhere around there. Regina Phalanges, it's 55 degrees here, I'm freezing. I don't even want to tell you what temperature it is here. <laughs> <laughs> you would die instantly just hearing it. <laughs> Paul Soltero, all the delivery services will have issues making service on packages until after the new year. Too much volume, not enough people to make the deliveries. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we do this. We, we kind of just don't ship a couple weeks around Christmas. Mikey M, please, if possible, and if I win, give my winnings to at break time since I am in Europe at Chevy Fish. Okay, so give them to Chevy Fish. Yeah, I don't have a problem doing that. Chevy's a, a, an amazing moderator, and I'd love to reward them for their work. Big Shrimpin', the Panda Cory person must be steam-fought. <laughs> well, um, I can neither confirm nor deny that, just to keep the person's identity. If they want to say who it is, then, you know, that's up to them. But I don't want to out anyone. Crown Tail Half Moon, is the care and proper method of quarantine that makes the experience positive? It's the care and proper method of quarantine that makes the experience positive for all. Shows you're dedicated. Thank you, sir. Well, we do work hard on that, and uh, it's not just me, though. It's I, I could not manage this thing without an awesome team that cares as much as I do, honestly. Dragon, my two male guppies are tenacious in trying to dominate one another. In my 10-gallon, it seems like I have more males than females. What advice would you recommend, and is this normal? Okay, I'm a little confused by the question, because you say your two male guppies are trying to dominate another, but then you say in your 10-gallon, it seems like you have more males than females. So I'm guessing you have a lot of males, and there's two that are trying to dominate each other out of that group of males. Is that right? Because what I was going to suggest is if you only have two, get a bunch more and that'll spread out that issue. But if you already have a bunch more and they're focused on one another only for some reason, then I really don't know. Uh, more plants, more line of sight blocks, uh, some kind of hardscape could help. But my suspicion if you have a lot of male guppies and the two are doing that is that it's gonna be a temporary thing. Now maybe you're like, nope, this has gone on for three months straight, then I don't know. But in my experience, yeah, a couple might come out, try to be top guppy for a day or two. One will win, and then things will settle down. 
And then maybe a little later, the challenger tries again. But as long as they're not hurting each other and it's not constant all the time, the same two fish always, you're probably okay. Where this would be an issue is if you only had two male guppies in the tank and there was nothing for them to focus on to get their aggression out besides each other then one will eventually dominate the other and the one that's dominated will be super stressed and pushed up in a corner and, and eventually just waste away in my experience so um, that's my thoughts on that dragon I, I wish I could help some more but that's my general experience with guppies and aggression Dennis Christensen, I see why they call these fish hovering zebra loaches, a fun fish. Yes, I'm glad you like them. And they are, right? <laughs> zebra stripes, cute little things, interesting behavior. Well done, Tanks. You should toot your own horn. Your process and willingness to assist your team is why you have success. Thanks for being our friendly fishmonger. Hey, thanks for being an awesome customer and for helping spread the word. I, I saw you did, I think, an Instagram post or something um, about your order and stuff. All that helps a ton. Anyone that wants to support all the fight, all the like being a member is great. All the super chats are great. Being a customer is great. Spreading the word is super helpful. The main challenge. Okay. So the main challenge we have right now at dance fish is crossing the chasm. Um, for anyone that doesn't know what that means in biz talk, this comes from the, the tech field basically where you introduce a new technology and there's these tech nerds right that are super excited about it and they'll buy it and they'll be happy about it but that's a very small market not everyone is like I want the latest gadget I want to play with it and see how it compares to all my other gadgets that's a that's a hobby that's a subset of people then there's everyone else in the world how do you bridge the gap between that small sect of people that knows what you're doing, sees the value, is excited about it, and everyone else? That's called crossing the chasm, crossing that, that space between the hardcore believers or people that uh, are excited about what you're doing and want to be part of it because they're that niche group that understands it, right, and the rest of the world. A business like mine is going to have a real hard time succeeding long term if it doesn't figure out how to reach people that it doesn't already reach. And the thing that helps with that is you guys spreading the word. That's super helpful. For our long term success, that has to happen. So everything else is great. We appreciate every other kind of support. But the thing that has to happen or we won't make it is we have to do a good enough job that people are willing to spread the word to their friends and, and people they know. So that is super helpful. Maybe, and cash is great, and we have short-term needs that that definitely helps us meet, but um, long-term, it's spreading the word, which is absolutely necessary. Ira Nelson is not a manufacturer of enamel pins, but does collect them. <laughs> Vivian Goodwin, just want to say thank you. My fish arrived in perfect health a couple weeks ago and are doing amazing. Love the coloring of the Phoenix Rasboras and the Diamond Tetras are beautiful. I'm glad to hear that, Vivian. Thanks for sharing that. Um, there's a lot of love going on tonight and we appreciate that, but I do want people to know that if they have problems, that they can mention that too. Uh, the only way that we get better as a company is if we 
be made aware of problems. Otherwise, we're tripping through the daisies thinking everything's beautiful and fantastic and people are having a bad experience and we don't know. And that's a bad position to be in. So, um, yay. If things went well, let us know. We appreciate that. But if things went bad, please also let us know. Otherwise, we won't be able to fill, fill our mission, basically. So, If you had a bad experience, feel free to share it. You can email us, hello at dancefish.com, um, if you want to keep that private. But if you want to talk about it publicly, we're a pretty transparent company. We don't mind uh, people doing that here in the live chat either. We, we're as, I mean... We're not trying to hide any problems. We're trying to fix any problems. So, uh, Cam Olson, do you have a favorite North American native fish to keep in aquaria? Yeah. Um, do I have to pick one? That's hard. Can I pick one of some different groups? <laughs> I really like Leptolucania omata. Let me show you this. This is a cool little fish. Uh, let's take a field trip. I'll show you this. Leptolucania omata. This is a little killifish from the United States. Reminds me a lot of like an Aplocalichthys lampi from Africa. Small little surface dwelling fish. Look at this beautiful little thing. Um, so that's one that I really like for a native fish. Another one I absolutely like is the fiery black shiner. Fiery black Shiner? Did I even spell fiery right? I don't know. <laughs> but it figured it out anyway. These guys are amazing. I've kept these before. I bred these before, and I absolutely love them. I, I used to keep them on my patio in Santa Barbara when I was attending the University of Santa Barbara, working on uh, my PhD coursework. And just this red and black contrast. The nuptial males get all these big tubercles on their faces and they're very active. This is a stunning shiner. I also really like uh, orange throat darters. These guys are super easy to spawn. I've spawned and raised hundreds of these and they're just so pretty. It's just... they. They're, they're like a rainbow darter, I guess, in, in how pretty they are. Super pretty fish. Easy to breed, easy to keep. I like crimson shiners. I found these easy to keep. Um, not easy to find. No, scarlet. Scarlet shiner? There it is. Scarlet Shiners. These are one that they get a little bigger and they're just a really neat, really pretty fish. I mean, this is just as pretty as most barbs you're going to get out of Asia. Some, some amazing native fish. So that's a small... Oh, I have to talk about Fundulus catenatus. The northern stud fish. This is a beauty. These guys I found easy to keep and breed as well. The eggs are huge. They're, they're maybe half the size of like a salmon egg. They remind me of an Aphiosemian striatum because they have these red striations along the body. They're like, and, and they're giant. They're six, seven inches, eight inches. They get, they get good sized. Really beautiful 
wonderful North American killifish. So those are some of my favorites. One I have not been able to keep yet is the Blue Nose Shiner. That's on my bucket list. A Welkiai, is that how you say that? Yes. Um, forgetting the uh, Pteronotropus Wallaca, not Welkiai, Wallaca. These are small, big, beautiful fins, bright blue face, and all these beautiful speckles on the body. There's a male, looks like maybe a couple females or maybe non-colored males. Um, these are on my bucket list. I have a friend that kept them, so I've been able to see them in aquariums. And it's just one I haven't, haven't ever kept yet. And I'm not set up to keep this fish at the moment. I would have to, you know, work on it a bit. <laughs> Get the right setup before I got them. But those are a few. Uh, some of the native fish we have right here in the United States, which are amazing. And there's a, there's a lot more, but that's a, that's a small sample of some of my favorites. Jerry Serple Morris, do you think you will order in anchor catfish, Hara Giardini, sometime? I have had terrible luck with the ones from local fish stores. Yes, we there. I've been working on uh, another order. It's about two weeks out and that is one that's on the order. Now, in this business, you order what you order and you get what you get. And what I mean by that is you place an order for 100 fish, you might not get all, all 100 species. You might only get 80 of them. You might only get 40 of them. Like, you don't know how many will actually arrive. Or they might send you 100, but they're not the species you ordered. So <laughs> it's a, a bit of a crapshoot. This supplier does pretty well, though. So... Um, Hopefully we'll get them. They have a pretty good fill rate, but there's always a chance they won't arrive. And the last batch we got from these guys did great. If if anyone bought uh, anchor catfish from us in the last six months or so, um, they came from the same supplier. So I, I would actually like to hear how are they doing for you if folks bought anchor catfish from us uh, basically this year. Are they doing well for you? Because they did well for us, so I think Jerry, that it's a good. I think it's a good supply. Spoiled sushi still cracks me up every time. <laughs> that username. Oh, <laughs> I've seen gray hair algae and gray blackbeard algae. I've seen. Is there such a thing as gray hair algae? My tank has lots of plants, but only one Anubius nana petite has this growing on it. Any ideas? I'm. I'm not great at identifying the different algaes. Um, I mean, I've seen blackbeard algae that definitely looks more gray than black, so possibly. Hard to, d to identify from description. Even if I had a picture, my algae knowledge of like the specific things is not great. I know the general groups. So wait, gray hair algae. Oh, not blackbeard. So I've seen blackbeard algae that's black and I've seen it that's gray and shades in between. You're saying gray hair algae. Have I ever seen hair algae that's gray? I don't recall that I have. I think I've only seen it green. Unless it's covered with, like, you know, sediment or something. But, uh, but I could be wrong. I don't have that much experience with it. So, I'm not sure spoiled sushi. Anyone here that knows better than me about that, would you mind chiming in? Uh, direct your comment to at spoiled sushi and see if we can help them out.
Deji, hey Deji, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining up. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you in a few weeks. See if we can uh, get some fish from you. Oh, I'm so far behind. I just got to Regina Phalange's a super chat, which was left half an hour ago. <laughs> A-Train, hope you're doing well. I am. I'm tired. Every Wednesday I'm tired, but doing really well. Can I keep a sparkling Garami by itself in a 10-gallon, or is it possible to keep multiple in a 10-gallon? I have heard they prefer to be in groups. Would they be okay in hard water? So we have very hard water, and our sparkling Garamis are doing great. You can keep sparkling Garamis singly or in groups. They're not a fish that needs to school or anything that much. Sorry, that probably looked weird. I was just trying to scratch my elbow. Um, but I think they're more fun in groups because they interact with each other, they display and all that. But I do not think a sparkling grommy by itself is going to suffer for lack of companionship. I do think though in a group they're going to cue off of each other and uh, be a different dynamic. And you'll probably see them a lot more. If you only have one or a couple, they might be very shy. But if you have a decent sized group, they're out begging for food all the time. When we go to the tank, they want food. But only have a few, they, they don't have that confidence. So that's that's my thoughts on that A-Train. And yeah, you can keep a lot of them in a 10-gallon. If if you have a well-cycled, mature, stable 10-gallon tank, geez, I mean, I don't think 20 would be a problem long-term, provided you're willing to do a water change every week or two. And, you know, everyone keeps their tanks differently, different filtration, plants, no plants, different... Uh, all that stuff, but um, if I had a 10-gallon, I wouldn't hesitate to keep 20 of them in there long-term. I'd probably have well-planted and all that, so there's lots of little niches and hides and all that. And uh, I'd probably do a 25-30% water change every week, but I wouldn't see that being a problem. D-Space S-Space uses methylene blue for eggs. Yeah, it's great. Methylene blue is great for eggs. Hydrogen peroxide works as well. There's, you know, there's more... More than one way to skin a cat, as my grandpappy used to say. Cam Olson, any tips for finding exporters in Africa and importing fishes into the U.S.? Maybe a future video idea. I, I mean, Africa's rough. Of all the places that I've imported fish from, Africa's the most challenging. So, honestly, I would avoid it if I could. Now, I do have... A couple folks there that I trust and that do a good job but uh, you might lose some money before you find that person like it's, <laughs> it's you might have to try a few that aren't uh, you know is honest before you find people like that the the only reason I did this last import from the Democratic Republic of the Congo and tried a new import or exporter was because I wanted the fish from that area and there's not that many places you can get them from, so my options were limited. But from some other countries in West Africa, yeah, there's some really good, honest people that I trust. In fact, one of them I want to place an order for uh, soon, but, uh, but I can't. We're still a little ways out from being able to do that. Let's see here. Dragon layer, I, I suspect the H2O2 hydrogen peroxide would deactivate the methylene blue. Well, they're both oxidizers, so they're both going to react with things around them. So they'll probably eagerly 
uh, oxidize each other would be my guess. I mean, I don't know. I'm no chemist. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. Awesome. I'm glad for this update. Minor update on the Spotted Congo project now eating countless ram's horns and trumpet snails plus white worms, earthworms, and vibrobites. Lots of display and tail flaring this week. All right, you're probably close then. Probably, uh, you know, you get a storm rolling in here one of these days soon and maybe something will happen. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that they're eating well and flaring up for you. That's good. Okay. Hang on. Scrolling up because chat jumped on me. It does that when I get so far behind, which is always. Okay. Almost there, guys. I just got to scroll up until I can find... Uh, holy cow. Ah! Okay, the next one I can see is also from Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. It says, going to my first club meeting ever, the Colorado Aquarium Society party this weekend. I won an award this year for breeding accomplishments. That's awesome. I wish I could go there. Colorado's not too far, but I, I know I can't get away this weekend, but that would be fun to get down there. Anyway, I hope you have a great time. I think, I think aquarium club meetings are awesome. Stay away from the drama and just have fun. There's always some drama when people get together. Carmo's Creations. Moved my Rainbow Shiner over to my 75 gallon, which is a little bit warmer than their previous tank. After six months of having them, they are finally coloring up. Awesome! A little temperature bump, huh? I'm glad to hear it, because I know that's been frustrating for you. <laughs> if only fish did what we want when we want it, right? But they don't. They don't. Okay. But I'm glad they're coloring up. That's awesome. I know it's been a long road for you. Spinster sister. And are Oscar fish hard to raise up? And are they as cuddly as dogs? Really love pets hand feeding. No, Oscars aren't difficult, I don't think. I mean, like any fish, provided you get healthy ones to start with, then I don't think they're a problem at all. And yeah, they're cuddly. They're interactive. They're awesome. I mean... You can't hold them on your lap, obviously. They need to be in the water, but you can hand feed them and stuff. A lot of people can put their hand in and pet their Oscar and interact with them. Maybe get their thumb bit. Um, yeah, Oscars are true wet pets. Nathan Hovey, what temperature would be considered cold? My takes run around 80 without heaters, but I want to venture out into other fish than cichlids. 80 is uh, actually fairly warm. It's on, the, it's on the warm end for most aquarium fish. So Now, there's others that that would be cold for, right? Like, you know, discus want it warmer than that, for example. But no, I, I don't think that's considered cold at all. It's 80 without heaters. Yeah, there's, there's lots of stuff you could keep. Pretty much anything we're keeping here at Dan's Fish, you could keep. Because 79, 80, you know, pretty much the same. Jason Betts, are there any good freshwater sand sifting gobies? I love the sand sifting behavior. Oh, I'm sure there are, but do I know them? So stiff it on more grays than sift. You know, no goby is coming to mind, but I would direct you towards the horse face loach. Horse face loaches, and we have some if, if you're interested, um, are maybe the best sand sifters out there. 
even more so than say geophagus and stuff, although those do a great job too, because this, the loaches will actually dive down and burrow in the sand as well as constantly sifted through their gills. So they stir it up even more. So uh, I don't know, they're not quite a goby, but their behavior's goby-esque. They kind of scoot across the sand as they sift it in. Yeah, my mind's not thinking of a goby, but maybe you would find horse-faced loaches interesting. Uh, Ira Nelson saying, if we have a community tank with those killifish, is there anything that should be kept in mind? No, not really. Um, the only thing I would say is they have long flowing fins, so you don't want to keep them with fin nippers, and they're not super food aggressive, so you wouldn't want to keep them with like a horde of very food aggressive fish. But Oh, and they might nip anything with really long fins too, although I, I haven't tried that. They might not. That might not be an issue. So fin nipping might be an issue and they don't eat very quickly. So those are the main things to think about. But if you can keep, if you could keep say a, a long finned betta in the tank, then I think you could keep this fish in the tank as well. Now they have bigger mouths, so maybe can't keep them with quite a small species, because these killifish have decent sized mouths and like any fish, they'll eat something that'll fit in their mouth, like little fish, but yeah, that's, that's my basic thoughts. But no, as far as like other things, like they're super aggressive or something like that, I don't think so. I think they'll get along. Spinster Sisters, does your business have a tagline or motto that you can put on your shirts? Maybe your website address too. Um, so I've been, Basically, we do, but it's too long, I think, for a shirt. I'm, and I'm trying to get the message across in as short terminology as possible, but that's challenging. There are 301 people here. That's awesome. Well, it just dropped to 297. <laughs> that's great. 301, that's, that's not bad at all. Thanks for being here, folks. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment to share this out with all your exes, uh, get more people in here. 300 is good. Let's see how high we can push this. Back to the question, though. The way I've been wording it recently and how I plan to start my videos is, hey, I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com, where we're on a mission to humanely source, maintain, and transport fish to our customers. But that can't go on a t-shirt. Um, so I haven't thought of a way to distill that to three words, right? Or two words, which is what I would need to do to put it on a t-shirt. Paul Soltero. Oh, that's to Jennifer Weaver. Sorry. <laughs> I got very excited, but Paul didn't talk to me. Paul, I just want to say again, it was such a pleasure to meet you at the Triple Crown. I hope you're doing well. W. Marion, 40 Matanensis rice fish growing out, parents from Dan's Fish, in tanks with orange Solowazi rabbit snails from Dan's Fish. Just saw baby rabbit snails today. My Matano tank rocks. That sounds awesome. Um, and for those, I haven't been able to catch it on camera. Here's my horrible picture of the Matano rice fish. In the, the uh, Profundicola is one that I haven't got a good picture of either. Let's see here. So the Matanos, yeah, here's the best I've done so far. Not a flattering picture. But when, as you will know, I'm sure, uh, W. Marion, 
what they look like really when they are feeling feisty and settled in is they get a lot of black on them. They get a black margin that you can kind of barely see here on the anal fin and black on the body. They don't turn pure black, but they have this very nice black that contrasts with kind of the goldish color of the body, which, yeah, I just, I'm such a bad photographer. And then this is a horrible picture of the Profunda Cola. It's in focus, but I've got to get a picture that shows that full bright yellow stripe on the anal fin and I just haven't got it. Oh, I'm not even showing this. <laughs> I'm so bad at my job some nights. Um, so here's the Profunda Cola. Then here's the Matano. You can kind of see an inkling of the black on the body, but it's not really clear. And an inkling of the black on the fins, but it's not clear. Um, sorry, guys. I wasn't even sharing that that whole time. Anyway, they're really neat fish. I just haven't got a good picture. But W. Marion, I'm so glad to hear that they're doing well for you. And if you ever get a bunch of either of those species in excess and need to sell them, I would be happy to purchase them. And our, our uh, rabbit snails are spawning like crazy as well. We have tons of babies, so that's pretty cool. Oh, and all the Sulawesi shrimp species are spawning. We have a whole bunch of Caridina dennerlei babies. We have a bunch of the um, red orchids. I forget the species name. And we have, a, we have they're, they're doing great. So I'm excited to get those uh, Sulawesi shrimps going. Del Cantrell, would you consider doing an interview for my book in progress, A History of Many Colors, about rainbow fish? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, hit us up, hello at dancefish.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com. And I'd like to talk rainbow fish. I do want to say I don't consider myself a rainbow fish expert at all. Um, I, it's like the difference between a professional piano player and someone that just dabbles in piano. I dabble in rainbow fish. I like them. I appreciate them. I have found good sources for them, and I know how to care for them, breed them, and raise them. But there are other people that know the location of each one, the history of when it was first collected, uh, who collected it each time it was collected, the provenance of all the lines, all, all that stuff. I do not. I rely on those people to help me. <laughs> Rainbow Fish Live Facebook group, cheers to you. You guys have been awesome. Dragon Lair says, blue fin shiners are their favorite, but they never do well in aquariums. I like them too. I've seen them do well in aquariums, but I just, I haven't tried. One day, one day I will. Um, they, they come from the headwaters of the river that they're at. So they come from really clean water. They're not downstream where a bunch of stuff is sloughed into the water and now it's silty and, you know, you got all the cow manure and all that stuff going in. They're from the headwaters where it's pure. Um, so, yeah, they're going to want really clean, well-oxygenated water. But I think, I don't know, in this flow-through system here, if I, I'd have to see their temperature tolerance. I think I run too hot for them. But if I can get a cold, that, you know, the cooler system that's also constant flow-through, I might have a shot. W. Marion, I think darters are hard to find. Will there be ops for native darters at Dancefish um, options? I hope so. The problem is they're hard for me to find as well. I found mine through NAMFA, North American uh, Native Fish Association. Yeah. And there's, well, there used to be Saks Aquaculture. They closed. Jonah, 
Jonah's Aquarium might have some. You'll occasionally find them listed for sale at getgills.com and other sites like that. Um, I got really lucky. My friend Stan Sung went on a collecting trip throughout. Uh, he went, I think, the Paint Rock River in Missouri. Uh, I'm sorry, in Alabama, in some locations in Missouri and stuff. So he went on this collecting trip, and I got to benefit from all the fish he brought back. So I got lucky. I was able to get fish from the guy that collected them. That's how before when I was keeping them, that's how I got the stock and bred them and all that because Stan got them. So thanks again, Stan. Miss you, buddy. Hope you're doing well. Um, but as far as getting them, Jonah's Aquarium is a good place to start. Chris R., what is your favorite type of filtration for your personal tanks? Sponge filters and box filters. Just air-driven, simple, and easy. Now, for my big show tank that I used to have, 125-gallon, uh, I found the FX... Well, when I bought it, it was FX5, so I have an S FX5 on there, but now I think they call it the FX, FX6 from Fluval. I, I, that thing was pretty awesome. But uh, generally, I just like sponge filters and box filters. Box filters for particulates, sponge filters for biological filtration. I like to keep it simple. Jerry Serple Morris, awesome, I'll wait and hope. Fingers crossed for you, buddy. It is 8.14. Okay, we'll get to a few more of these. Whew. Mac PNW, have you ever seen or kept a Phaneus Sirhani or any Middle Eastern killifish? I've kept several kinds of a Phaneus. I've never kept Sirhani. Let's take a quick field trip because I don't know if I even know this species. I've never kept like Valencia. Have I kept Valencia? Maybe I have. Oh, a nice barred species. No, I haven't kept this one. But if I ever found it available, I would pick it up in a heartbeat. Uh, that goes for any Aphanius. I love them all. They're such neat fish. Right now, um, we do have an Aphanius species, and it's pretty awesome. It's also got the barring. Uh, they just haven't colored up enough for me to get a decent picture. So I have some pictures on the website, but they just look brown. But they're going to be awesome when they color in. I think the ones I got come from Turkey. Borgi? Is that the ones I have? Let's see. Real quick, let's go over there. Um, where are they from? So I don't have the mental right now. Buldaji, not Borgi. So from Buldaji. Yeah. The Vladikovi. That's the only species I have currently. Asia Reeves. I see you have scarlet battis on your side. Is there any way to request a pair by chance? I know males are aggressive to each other. I wish I could get you females, but I only have males. Um, there just aren't many females. So, as far as I know, I only have males. Otherwise, I would gladly send you a pair. Now, males are aggressive to each other, but we keep several in a tank long-term without problems. You just need lots of places for them to hide. So what I find is if I choke a, a third of the tank with java moss and then have a bunch of little pieces of pipe or flower pots or, you know, you could do something pretty or some kinds of little caves all scattered around or have a heavily planted tank or something, they, they do fine. But if you have them and there aren't lots of places for them to hide and claim little territories and stuff, they're not going to do well. But you choke a tank, you know, a third with java moss, there's plenty of hiding spots and plenty of places in that moss for them to, to be just fine together. <laughs> Paul Soltero, your 30 Rico stands behind. <laughs> Monster Fish Gal, do you know when you will be getting red shoulders green severums in? 
probably, well, I have the, is it Rokui? Uh, how do you say the red shoulder severum? I have some of those maybe. As they color up and get the red shoulders, I'm selling them. Here's the problem with severums, and this is why I don't know if I'll be getting any more unless I can buy them from like a, a super severum nerd hobbyist or something who really knows what they are. The problem is um, when I buy them, they're small. And so here's, an, here's a real world example of problems I've had with severums. So I bought um, the Notatus, Heroes Notatus, the Spotted Severum, and Red Shoulder Severums, and Mouth Brooding Severums, and lots of Severums. I like Severums, but the Mouth Brooders, I can tell. They're different enough that I, I can tell those apart. But the Notatus and the Red Shoulders look pretty much the same when they're little. So I got them, I sold them as Notatus, and then customers, after a few months, started contacting me and, me and saying, hey, those Notatus I, I got from you, here's a picture. They weren't Notatus. They were red shoulders. So I, I ordered red shoulders and Notatus. I was sent red shoulders and red shoulders, but I, I didn't know that. I had no way of knowing that at that size. So we had the same problems with Geophagus. If you buy a Geophagus from me, the Altocino, I can tell, that's very different than other Geos. Um, the... Redhead Tapahos are fairly clear. The Red Hump Geos are pretty clear. The um, uh, Pearl Scale, although what's their, what's their, geez, what's the name of that one? I can't remember. There's a some that are pretty clear, but then there's this whole group that looks so similar that I really can't tell them apart at a young age. And so I'm relying on my uh, vendors. Like, I, I don't know what they are. If they tell me that that is a Sveni, then I trust it's a Sveni, but then those Sveni grow up and, oh, no, those aren't Sveni, those are wine miller eye. And now a customer has bought them, spent six months growing them out, and after all that effort, ended up with the wrong fish. It's just not a good experience. So I've kind of got trigger shy on Severums. I love them, but I have to find a way to source them uh, where there's no confusion on the ID, and right now I don't have the solution to that. Also, they don't sell really quickly. It takes us a long time to sell through our severums. They get big. Not everyone has a big enough tank to keep a severum, right? That's a that's a subpopulation of our subpopulation of fish keepers. Uh, absolutely unepic. <laughs> that's great. The irony in that name, the, the kind of set your expectations up and then shatter them is awesome. Do you have plans for getting more microtenopoma or tenopoma species in? I love them and have some oranges from you, which are beautiful. Um, we do have some Microtenopoma and Sorgii that we should be able to sell here pretty shortly. And I like Tenopomas, but I don't have any plans to get any more in anytime soon. When I brought in the order from Africa, I had several on order, but only the uh, Ansorgii showed up. If I can find Kigslei, I might bring that one in and a few others, but... But in general, that's a specialized fish, and it, it doesn't it doesn't sell will, really well for us. So the Ensorgii is awesome because it stays small and it's beautiful. But most of the others, it's kind of hard to, to move them. Okay, I'm, I'm scrolling here because... Because um, chat jumped. Ooh, chat jumped so far. <laughs> I'm going to be forced to caught up because... It's going to just cut me off here. Fish and Shrimp by Rich. 
Can you get old style guppies like pintail, spade tail, or flag tail? Yeah, we can get some of those in. I think I have on order some um, some pintails, or maybe they're spade tails. I can't remember. But I mean, it's tricky. I'm still feeling out guppy suppliers. And the best is when I can buy them from hobbyists. That's what I like to do. But, uh, you know, often you'll order from the supply chain, the industry supply chain. And it's like, well, they're kind of that, but not really. And it's just frustrating because then I don't feel like I can sell them. So, I don't know. Guppies are a little hard right now. I'm, I'm working through it, though. I'm going to figure this out. Right now, the best has been hobbyists, though. If you have any guppies for sale and you've bred them and you know they breed true, then I would love to buy them. Leo 209 Aquatics. What's the best geo for a Pleco tank with temps around 80 that won't get too big? I like Wine Milleri. I think that's great. I mean, most of the geos aren't going to get massive. Eight inches or so, a lot of them will stay around in the eight inch range. So, um, that's what I would say. I like, I like Wine Milleri. I think that the uh, red humps aren't going to get, or the hump heads aren't going to get too big. That one would be good too and do fine at that temperature. Most of them are going to do well around 80 degrees, Leo. And as far as size, there might be a few that get bigger. I would just, you know, check that out, seriously fish or, or whatever, uh, one of the sizes, see how big they get. And if they're, if they're in your size range that you like, then I think 80 is just fine for all the geos. Now, some of the gymnogeophagus might not like it as hot because they're down south further, like in Uruguay and things. But even in Uruguay in the summer, it gets pretty warm. So it might be just fine at 80. Let's get to the giveaway, shall we? The giveaway is going to be for these. Nathalibius zonatus, one of my favorite killifish. They're all my favorite killifish. I know. I just like them all. Beautiful fish. These came from Colombia. They live along the Rio Meta in Colombia, in the ditches and flooded lakes and ponds and things. Going to get about four inches. Beautiful fish. We have 196 folks eligible. That's pretty good. How many? We have 307 folks here. That's awesome. Well, 304 because I said something. <laughs> so the winner of the group of Nathalibus Zonatus is... Brock Heilman. Brock Heilman, you have won. You have two minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here because you do have to be present to win. So put some kind of comment in the chat to claim your winnings, and then we'll go from there. If we don't hear from you in the next two minutes, then it goes away and we'll draw someone else as the winner. For those that don't know, at 8.30, I'm going to be heading over here. My wife sings. She's a professional singer. And... Uh, Every week she's releasing a new song, so I'm going to go listen to this Christmas song. If you would like to join me, you're welcome to at that link I just posted. It's only a couple minutes long, so if you have plans tonight, it's not going to, it's not going to keep you from going to another stream or whatever. All right, next one. Casey Thornton, treat fish gooder. That's our motto. <laughs> Treating fish, fish gooder. <laughs> I was thinking something like spoiling our fish since whatever date, but then it sounds like rotten sushi. So spoiled fish, like that could be at a glance, maybe not the best. 
Dan's fish, we care. Yeah. It's not bad. All these all these aren't bad, but like that's that's not bad. The other way to describe it is we want to be the store a fish would choose to go to if it could choose which store which fish store it ended up in. Right? We want to be the place that the fish is like, um, I wanna go there for sure. Like, because they'll treat me right. You know, that's that's what we want to do. So, Dan's Fish, we care. It's good, and I, I appreciate you sharing. I, I just got to get the specificity in there somehow of exactly how we care and what we're doing uh, to put that caring into action. Okay, let's see if we have a winner. And we do. Brock Heilman. Woohoo! That's awesome. Thank you. Hey, thank you for being here. Thanks for participating. We appreciate it. So, Brock, would you send us an email to claim your winnings? We need your first name, last name, and your mailing address so we know where we're sending the package, who we're sending it to. If you just send the email to hello at dancefish.com, H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com, first name, last name, shipping address, then we'll get shipping arranged for you. One more comment here, I think, and then I'm going to head over to listen to my wife sing. All right, Ryan Fish Adventures. How could I have baby snails when the only kind I ever had is nerites? Oh, I don't know. Ryan, once those baby snails are big and you can tell what they are, would you get back to me? I'm curious if they're nerites or maybe a ram's horn snail or a pond snail laid an egg case on the nerite shell and then you put the nerites in your tanks and the eggs hatched and you have a different species in there. That's a possibility. If you have plants, they might have piggybacked in on some plants or something like that. But I would love to hear what they grow up to be. If they grow up to be actually nerites and you have and you don't put salt in the aquarium at all, I would love to know what kind of nerite. Because if there's a nerite that reproduces in fully fresh water, that would be fun to know. That would be good to know. One more. Not one do. Do you, what did you use to cycle the tanks in the warehouse, Dr. Timms? We didn't have to cycle the tanks in the warehouse because uh, every minute a gallon of fresh water goes into every tank when the system's running at full bore. So that's uh, every 40 minutes, there's 100% water change in our aquariums because we have 40 gallon tanks. So that's enough, actually really overkill of uh, water exchange. So we don't have any nitrogenous waste buildup. We don't have ammonia or nitrite buildup the, or any other buildups because the water has changed constantly. So we didn't have to do that. However, what I would suggest for anyone who really wants to cycle a tank quickly is uh, if you can find use filters, use substrates, things like that that are bioactive at the time and get them in your tank quickly and get them rolling, then it'll be cycled pretty quickly. Now, it still needs to mature and the whole ecosystem has to establish. That takes some time. That's a quick way to cycle it. Now, I have used Dr. Tim's and it worked for me. I had a, a, a time when I imported all. I used to do discus. I did a, a import of discus, a full import of discus in a couple, a few days, how just a few days before they arrived, I accidentally destroyed the cycle in my tanks. I did a big boo-boo, killed the cycle. So I have these discus arriving in a few days. My tanks aren't cycled. Discus and ammonia, no bueno. They don't mix. Uh, ammonia kills discus like that. 
So I called Dr. Tim. I said, I've got an emergency. He hooked me up with some of his um, stuff. <laughs> I mean, I bought it. But he, he, he understood. He got it to me overnight. Next day, shipped it. Um, I, I might have had two days to use it before the discus arrived and continued to use it for the first while while I had them. And they made it. The discus did fine. Didn't have a problem. So uh, Dr. Tim's worked for me. And that was a sticky situation. That was thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, of, if you can imagine, a discus import. So, yep, that uh, was my experience with Dr. Tim's. All right, I'm going to sign off and head over to listen to my wife sing. Um, I want to thank my moderators for being here and doing what they do every week. I really appreciate you volunteering your time. Thanks to Alexander for giving the memberships and to anyone that joined up as a member. Thank you. Thanks to everyone that threw money at us in Super Chats. It's always appreciated. It's never required, but we are the little startup that could, and so every penny helps at this stage. Um, thanks for making the chat lively, everyone that participated. And uh, hail the Lurker Nation if you're lurking. If you're listening to the replay, hello from the past. And if you're, listen, if you're, bleh, if you're listening to the podcast, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week same bat time same bat channel until then have a good one sign off complete <laughs>